Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dell Assistant Nation podcast. So glad that you've joined us. And I've got to be honest, I'm super excited to have a dear friend back today and somebody who has contributed to so many Dell Assistant Nation episodes in the past, and that is America's pharmacology expert, Tom Viola. Tom, what is going on, my friend? How are you doing, my friend? I am so happy to be working with you again at uh, Dr. Bicuspid. Congratulations on your uh, reenactment of the same role you had uh, so many years ago, my friend. It's good to have you back in the fall and good to be able to talk to you again. And I love doing these podcasts. You know, it's we were doing them along the way, but let's do it more often because this is just the best way I know to get out and reach the dental assistants and uh, all the other dental folks who listen on these podcasts. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is a resolution. I know we're not supposed to have too many of those in, in a new year, but 2024, you and I hanging out more, it's absolutely something I want to do. You know, and, and Tom, I, I'm just going to say, first of all, congratulations to you as well. I know you're in the running for, now I had nothing to do with this, but dental educator of the year through drbycuspid.com. And, you know, you and I always talk about what you're always on the road, you're always educating. And I was really glad to see that you're a finalist for that honor. So congratulations to you on that, buddy. Thank you, but I'm humbled and, and really appreciative that all uh, those folks out there who voted for me are doing so. It's uh, it's I consider this a, a privilege and a gift, really, to be able to do this every day. So thank you to all of you out there who voted for me. I appreciate it. So we're recording this right before the holidays, and what a perfect time. We know we're all going to be festive and ingesting lots of calories and all sorts of good things coming up. You know, and it's funny, I always see the uh, the ads. Oh, yeah, absolutely right here. Trust me. I always see all the ads for all the weight loss drugs and everything that's going to make our life better, you know, come across my TV, you know, and one that I've seen advertised is Ozempic and, and you found a little something that you want to share with our listeners and viewers about that and and a dental connection to it as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, one of the things that uh, always strikes me is the timeliness of TV commercials and how uh, people who produce these commercials seem to take the pulse of America and sort of figure out, you know, what's hot, what's not, and what's timely. And I think over the last, and I don't watch a lot of TV, as you know, Kevin, I'm on the road almost every day of the year practically. I don't watch a lot of TV, but the times I do sit down in front of the TV, I haven't seen as so many commercials for Ozempic as I have in the last, you know, week or so. It's it's like the, and I'm not just picking on Ozempic, all other drugs in that class, Ozempic, Trulicity, Monjuro. It's like they're all knowing in advance, well, here comes the holidays and it's not going to be fruitcake, that's for sure. It's going to be, you know, everything else piled on top of it. And that means some folks are going to take either a retroactive approach or proactive approach and use Ozempic to help sort of keep their weight, you know, where they need it to be throughout the holidays. So, you know, some of the greatest concerns people have on the holidays is that they gain weight because it's, you know, like a nonstop eating free-for-all, you know, visiting up relatives and loved ones. And and so I could see some people using Ozempic for that regard. But Ozempic's got its issues when it comes to food intake. Uh, and one of the first things that's come up uh, is this issue of Ozempic causing gastroparesis. Hmm. Uh, so I will tell you that uh, it, it's in keeping with the way the drug works. You know, uh, this whole class of drugs, the inquitimimetics, were really derived from the saliva uh, studies that were done on the Gila monster. Oh, and that little reptile that lives out uh, in, in Arizona and the, mostly in the Grand Canyon. And the Gila monster has beaten evolution, according to the way I understand it, by staying small. Uh, so why would a Gila monster stay small? Well, eating protein, mostly insects and snake eggs, and the Gila monster should have grown to be, you know, 
a lot larger than it is now, but then it would have outgrown its food supply. So it mm-hmm. cheats evolution by staying small. And one of the ways it does that is by secreting this hormone such that after it eats, it shuts down, it well, slows down its gastric emptying time so that that one meal lasts a really long time. Huh. Great for survival in the de- desert, right, where food is scarce. And great for staying small so you don't get too big, so you don't go to go extinct route, right? Smart. Smart stuff, right? The heck this has to do with diabetes and, and, uh, <laughs> and obesity. Well, so, you know, researchers realize that us humans are not far off the reptilian evolutionary tree. Some of us want others, I'm sure. But, you know, so um, let's see if we make this hormone. And it turns out that we do make a similar hormone, but diabetics, type 2 diabetics, um, don't make as much or as, as much as they need and, and or some um, make enough, but they have an overactive enzyme that destroys it. So what better way to treat these nice folks than with synthetic, you know, incretin, incretin mimetics. And that's where these class, class of drugs came from. But they share that same, you know, slow down your gastric emptying time, make meals last longer, lower your postprandial glucose, Guess what? That all means for a type 2 diabetic or a person with type 2 diabetes, I can, it's more controllable blood sugars, right? A better way to control your blood sugar after you eat. But of course, it also means if you're not diabetic or type 2 diabetic and you want to lose a little weight, well, what better way to lose weight than not feel hungry? Truth. Yep. Shutting down your gastric emptying time or slowing it down means that, you know, you're not, that meal is going to last you longer. You're not going to be hungry. You're not going to have those. Uh, pangs and cravings but sometimes it's too much of a good thing and folks who are using a lot rosempic now i don't want to comment so much on it because i don't really know i know some people get prescribed rosempic right. i mean if it is for weight loss i know there are all those people out there that self-medicate don't know but all i know is you know, it's too much of a good thing some folks are now starting to complain that they've got this gastroparesis where it's like their gastric intestinal system is paralyzed and they can't move any food and now they, they can't eat, they can't, you know, digest anything. So that's the darker side of, of Ozempic and drugs like it. it. And the interesting thing to me is that, you know, I, I understand that these kind of drugs are in short supply because people are using them for the weight loss reasons and then diabetics can't actually find them. Because they're they're being used by a for a reason that really wasn't originally designed to do, and that's the thing about Ozempic that's interesting. You know, it is available in two forms. It's available as the drug Ozempic uh, for the treatment of type two diabetes, but semaglutide is also available as a prescription drug to be prescribed for obesity or, or weight loss, called Wagovi, and uh, and then it's further available now as an oral tablet. Uh, called ribelsis. Uh, so it's odd to have one drug with three brand names, but the point of that little discussion was if you're an MD out there and you're prescribing this drug, some of Lutide, for weight loss, well, you should be prescribing Wagovi. But the problem, of course, is that Wagovi may be considered a cosmetic drug and therefore not covering other people's insurance. It's kind of pricey, and so it's easier for the doctor to prescribe Ozempic where it would be covered under their prescription. And, you know, whenever you and I were talking before we started this podcast, you said that there's actually another dental connection here with Ozempic. And and this was pretty fascinating to me because you and I love to talk about that health history form 
And I think there's a reason maybe Ozempic and some others ought to be on it because of this. Right. So, so here come the holidays, and you and I are, are recording this right before the holidays. So we're thinking, okay, a lot of people are going to be eating, right? A lot of people are going to be enjoying. Uh, now I'm going to use Ozempic or, or Wagovi, either one, to, to suppress my appetite. Uh, but if I'm, you know, encouraged to eat a lot of good foods, right? Sure. Uh, I might say, well, look, you know what? I've already got Wagovi or Ozempic on board. I can probably overindulge a little bit and I, I won't gain the weight, right? Because it's sort of like, well, it's a diet drug, isn't it? And that's sort of that misunderstanding now that means what? You're putting more food into your GI than your GI will allow to pass, right? Because we're slowing down your gastric emptying time. And so that causes problems with things like vomiting and so on. But also, and this is something that uh, Scott Froman talked about in, a, in a, a post he did a couple of weeks ago, where now we find that Ozempic, because it slows the gastric emptying time, increases the risk of halitosis. Ah, there it is. You can, food is not moving, right? So food is stuck in your GI. And, and so if it sits down there long enough at a balmy 98.6, as I like to say, can you say landfill in July? You know, <laughs> it's just going to sit there and either you're going to vomit it up or it's, you know, it's, you open your mouth to say something, this is like a friend or a relative at the, at the Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever your holiday Kwanzaa, whatever your holiday dinner is. And that person will look at you and say, wow, uh, you know, <laughs> Good seeing you again, and and sort of walk away. Uh, now, if I had halitosis, especially during or after the holidays, you know, the person next to me at the party says, "Wow, your breath is kicking." You know, wh where would I go to get that checked out? Well, I guess I'd go to see the dentist, or the hygienist, and say, "Go on, you know, why why does my breath smell? I brush and I floss, floss. I'm not sure, but they brush. So wh why is their breath so stinky?" And we've got to be the one to tell them it could be a side effect of the medication. And that's where I love you being a dental pharmacology expert, that you kind of connect the dots for so many people. Because I know that there are people who walk into practices with that question. Why is my breath so stinky? Why do I have halitosis? You know, and, and sometimes it's an unpacking if you haven't really gotten down and dirty with that health history report and asked them everything they're on and they haven't tipped the hand that maybe Ozempic or one of those other forms of it is is part of their regimen. And while we're at it, I mean, even if it's not necessarily Ozempic, I mean, a lot of people also around this time here eat foods they're not usually accustomed to eating, uh, foods that may cause them, which the word, I just don't like it. I mean, I'll just say the heartburn, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these drugs cause them heartburn. So what do they do? They pre-dose with a Nexium or a Prilosec or a Epsid. And it's sort of the same thing. You're shutting off your stomach acid production. The food can't guide that digestion food won't pass the duodenum unless it's been digested so it's it's in your stomach at a balmy 98.6 and here we go again so uh imagine if you were doing both imagine if you were not only you know taking ozempic plus you know taking a drug like nexium that could really add up to a night in the er during the holidays where you, you really don't want to be there and the problem that that i see and i'm sure you've heard of it is that people mix their own medications. You know, they're not those pharmacology experts and they just think, well, I'm going to do this to prevent this, but stop this. And what about this? And, and again, a lot of times, those are the people who are walking into dental practices ahead of a, you know, checkup, ahead of a implant, ahead of a lot of different things. So that's where that communication just has to come in. And often the dental assistant is the one that's 
It's really making sure that you're checking the boxes on that HHR. Couldn't have said it better, my friend. You know, and, and the thing is, Ozempic may not be a, a non-prescription drug, but if it's something that I purchased, I hate to use, I don't want to say black market, but let's just say I got a couple of doses from a friend or a relative sure. or in my docs prescribing an off-label. Okay, number one, I may not tell you I'm on that medication because I don't want to get that person in trouble. I don't know who, if I'm supposed to tell you that. Yeah. So that goes off the HR history, right? You don't even know it exists because I'm, I'm the patient, not going to tell you. And then, you know, at the same time, Paralysec, Nexium, they're available over the counter. So why would I mention those? Because they're not really a drug. They're available over the counter. So you, so the dental professional, the dentist, the hygienist, even the assistant, everyone who's taking a, a, a medical history has no knowledge of those things because the patient doesn't offer it up because they don't think they need to tell you or want to tell you. That's true. And, you know, I know you and I in past podcasts have have implored the, you know, to ask those questions, to really make sure that you're diving in. But you're exactly right. At some point, you may have a patient who's very reluctant to say anything about it, whether it's use of marijuana, whether it's Ozempic, who knows? There's a myriad of things that they may not want to share with you. And that puts the dental professional in a tough spot. Well, I, I was, I had the strategy, Kevin. I was going to, you know, go to my uh, relative's house because they make all the good Italian food. But I was going to use a combination of Ozempic to make sure I don't gain weight. Uh, and then I was going to use Nexium to make sure that I don't get any heartburn. Uh, and then just to top it off, I was going to make sure I use Tums to neutralize any more acid. So I was really going to do my, a number on myself. <laughs> I chose not to. Of course, I'm being facetious. But you could see how, how somebody could easily go down that road. And uh, the difficulty to know. And, and we know, as you said, this is the time of year when people are eating and drinking a lot. Now, you may be listening to this in January, and we've already passed that. But you and I also know Valentine's Day will happen. You know, I mean, there, there's always something coming where we have an excuse to eat. And that's where I think that this information is so important, no matter what time of year you're listening. Agreed. And, and on that note, Kevin, I might say, you know, especially after New Year's, you might resolve, right, to say, this is the year I lose that extra 20 pounds. And, and so here you go. So our information is timely both during and after the holidays. How about that? And, you know, uh, as, as a, a mutual friend of ours, Mary Gavoni, always tells me better living through pharmaceuticals is such a way of life for so many people. And, and unfortunately, that could be diet pills in January, too. You're exactly right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Something to keep in mind, I always appreciate you bringing it. And Tom, I know you have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of resources out there. So make sure uh, if our dental assistants have, uh, haven't have uh, been heard you for a while, where do they find you? Where do they learn more? Well, one thing I've learned for sure from you, my friend, and I appreciate everything you do for the practice of dentistry and dental assisting. The dental assistants out there are really, you know, the front door to the office, right? So they're the ones that, that greet the patients, that, that walk with the patients. They become the, 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 the face of the dental office, the first face you see when you walk in, the first face that greets you. And so uh, I'm always anxious to hear from dental assistants because I learn so much from them. So please feel free to call me or contact me anytime. You can reach me on via my website, tomviola.com. Uh, you can find me everywhere on social media at Pharmacology Declassified, which is the name of my company. And heck, I'm going to be to pretty much all the big dental meetings this year. So if you're going to be one of the national or regional meetings and you see my course being offered, please stop by and say hi. I'd love to meet you, shake hands, and, and come to my course too while you're at it. And uh, I'm sure there'll be empty seats because it's always pharmacology, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, stop on over and uh, and say hi. I'd love to, love to meet you and put a face to my name. 
There's a reason why he's one of the finalists for Dentist Educator of the Year, because he not only entertains and enlightens dentists, but also team members as well. And that's one of the reasons, many reasons, I should say, why we love Tom Viola. Tom, thanks for being on, my friend. I always appreciate you. Always loving uh, what we do together, buddy. And thank you so much for your opportunity. You hang in there and take care of yourself. And happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays to you, too. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode. Love people like Tom, who are those experts in the industry, bringing you the information that you can put into practice today. So make sure you're checking in with those patients. You're asking about that health history report. And yeah, maybe even poking them a time or two with those tough questions. But until next time, Kevin Henry, host of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, signing off and wishing you nothing but success ahead.